The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to the Top 25 Under 25. That will be a repeated podcast, hopefully with some other guests. But as usual, it's always uh, the Europeans that start things out because we're six hours ahead from most of the North Americans. And uh, I have Anton Rosegård with me to discuss the long shots and maybe the one that we should soon forget. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, the long shots, um, obviously, they are at the bottom of, of the ranking for a reason. We, we have a hard time seeing them uh, reach NHL potential if something uh, doesn't pick up uh, enormously over the next couple of years. Yeah, and some of them are, are more or less approaching that cutoff time as well. Um, and we, yeah. we can really start with number 43, which is Arvid Henriksson, a fellow Swede for, for the two of us, but one that hasn't really made that impression. I was very high on Arvid a couple of years ago. Uh, he got a chance to play in Örebro in the uh, uh, defensive setting there for a couple of minutes in, in one SHL game. So he has made his debut in, in SHL. I know uh, Montreal tried to... Um, cocks him into to two three uh, other different programs in Sweden but um, the scouts there said he was too slow he was too big he didn't use it the, the right way and the way that SHL were going at the time with uh, speed 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 especially on the bigger rinks they were not really interested and he went to the, the NCAA um, yeah and and that's very smart. I'm, I'm really happy he got that opportunity, especially since sometimes they will deem 136 or two minutes playtime as, as having played pro. So he got the chance to go to NCAA, develop there. I haven't really seen anything in the NCAA to, to rank him any higher than 43. And uh, I'm happy for him, though, because he is getting a college degree. And uh, the times I spoke with him, he was very, very equivalent and he what was keen to make an impact and he was he, he also spoke a bit about studies on the side and i think he's getting a very good deal for for the quality the seventh round pick that that montreal spent on him yeah i think uh, i think this is a very good as you say it's a very good way of churning out the best out of your hockey career when you maybe reach the, your early 20s and you realize that maybe you won't be able to fulfill your potential altogether to be able to, as you say, get an education uh, from an NCAA program out of it. Um, that's perfect. Uh, and obviously, we don't know what will happen with his 
hockey career he has three or if if he redshirts he will have even four uh more years of eligibility at ncaa he only played his freshman season last year um so uh, so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward if he continues to play hockey after after graduating but uh we we are fairly certain that he won't become a, a roster player for the Montreal Canadiens, especially with the defensive lineup that isn't a pipeline really, with some really big names that we we will approach further up the lineup uh, or, or the rankings this time. Uh, it's always a great time. Uh, the interaction on the communities uh, with the community during top twenty five under twenty five is fantastic. It's usually done with a lot of respect between votes, even if I get called out every now and then because I just like <laughs> drink, start drinking beer around number 20 and, and uh, don't do this at home, kids. Don't drink beer like that. But but please uh, realize that after after a certain amount of, of putting in and out, you're going to start making errors and, and you'd rather make errors in that end of the, of, of the conversation than in the other end of the conversation. Uh, yep. Number 42. Karen uh, Rushinsky, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. I'm sorry, Andrew. I, I, I Rish, killed it. Yeah, I killed it uh, completely, and I'm sorry for that. Uh, most of us in the rankings are having him around 40, 45, uh, and, and one is obviously turning out. This is what happens. One of us will be very high on someone, and we don't really know why, because we rank the others just worse. That That's usually what happens in, in this uh segment of, of of the rankings and mark has him at 31 and i'm just sure that it's a typo rather than anything else yeah but it's also a crapshoot at this point like obviously kieran ruchinski was a seventh was he a seventh or sixth round pick he was a seventh round pick 206th overall last year and he's still only 19 so you could go and see like oh well i mean he's six six 209 pounds he's a big boy and you can see like oh there, there could be some potential for being a future stay-at-home ahl defenseman there because he's only 19 who knows he's only played one year in the bchl at this point uh so maybe mark uh, sees that obviously we don't have a mark uh with us so so we we can't we can't take him hostage or 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 turn some information out of him but um but yeah, uh, as I say, like 31 is still like, it's still a, a part of the project. So it's not like he has him in the top 25 or anything. No, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, we got uh, at number 41, Hayden Verbeek. Um, I was really excited about him a couple of years ago. I don't know what, what happened and, and how I thought. I haven't kept those kind of notes and my computer crashed just the other day. Uh, mm. So obviously, uh, I, I think... He is down there. We haven't seen enough from him, really. Uh, again, people are ranking him around the same area, and, and you have to go with that. Um, what are your thoughts about Verbeek? Yeah, the thing with him is, because I put him as low as 42. I was one of the two who put him at 42. The other one was Nathan. Um, because I feel like he, he's born in 97, so he turns 23 this year um he's on his 24th year already and he couldn't maintain a roster spot in laval last season he was sent down to the echl and did well there almost a point per game player but echl at the age of 23 that basically means that you don't have that future potential of of being a, a potential call-up for the nhl um, in the future of your career if not anything like 
Marvelous happens and maybe you go to a, a different uh, a different franchise and, and revive your career. But Furbeck is a, a I mean, he's a quick skater and he was good. Uh, I, I read what David San Louis wrote about him um, in, in the article here that I mean, he had the skating advantage when he was playing CHL hockey as a junior and when he got to the AHL, all of, all of a sudden he didn't have that anymore. He was kind of a, a, a like a, a Russian and Chase kind of player, and and when he didn't have that advantage, he didn't really have much else to to tend to in his um, in his arsenal. So he has become kind of a thirteenth, fourteenth forward for for Laval, and uh, not even that at times. So yeah, uh, I don't see much potential anymore. But it's unfortunate, as you said, he he was not a bad player coming out of of the OHL. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also, like, we have to be uh, careful here. Um, he's 23. Uh, there's still a lot of time. And, and you know, obviously the goal for each of these kids are really the NHL. But it doesn't mean that he can't get a, a career in hockey somewhere in Europe and, and keep going there. No, of course. And, and of course. Uh, there will always be players. It's also... Yeah, he's also started the season well in, in Slovakia because he's on loan there now in Banska Bistrica and he has uh, two goals in four games. So that's something. That's I mean, Slovakia is not a great league anymore, but as you say, career in hockey and playing professionally in Europe, that's good for him. Yeah, and if you start well in Slovakia, you might get pushed higher up, you know, Germany, Switzerland, uh, Czech. And, and when you start making impressions there... People will notice in Liga and and KHL and SHL as well. So you build up towards that, and and you get a chance to to experience another culture. You you get a chance of experiencing different things, and I think this is you know a win win in many ways. Uh, to, to be yeah, able to we build. have a we have, yeah we have a fantastic example of that just as we saw in Sweden last year in Cody Curran, who like played. I mean, he played University of Calgary. Um, went to, uh, I mean, he, he didn't maintain AHL roster spot with Hartford, so he was sent down to the ECHL, did all right there as, a, as an offensive defenseman, 25 points in 45 games in the ECHL when he was uh, 26. And then he uh, went over to Europe, played a season in Denmark, did really well there, became the captain in a Norwegian club, Stolhammer, and then went to Reglins in the SHL and has performed so well that he recently um, received a, a contract from the Anaheim Ducks and is now in the NHL at, well, potentially in the NHL uh, at the age of 31. That's just, I mean, you never really know. You can develop so late in, in today when you take care of your body so well and everything. Yeah, and that's what he didn't do in, in Norway, wasn't it? He, the <laughs> has it he, he lived next to a pizza parlor and, and he, he, he didn't walk long for, for dinner, let's call it that <laughs> expensive pizza in norway though yeah of course of course uh the, the next guy on the list is obviously michael uh, pezzera from uh from uh, laval recently where, yeah. where can he go from here i mean like he played yeah, quite I... well in laval but but he's also on, approaching yeah, that is. age yeah, he's also, tw I mean, he's 22, uh, the Italian stallion. Uh, hopefully, I mean, he's, he, he's since he is more of a grinder type, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a guy with a lot of fighting spirit. Uh, maybe he can uh, just, I mean, he, he did play 32 games for Laval last season. 
Um, he did play f- 55 games the season before and had 10 points. So, so he racks up a lot of penalty minutes. And I mean, it's it's difficult to see him playing any more than an AHL bottom six role. But in that role, he can he can be serviceable absolutely. But it's difficult to see him leading the lineup or getting a call up to the NHL, at least for me. So I think I actually had him as low as 41. Yeah, I, I I actually don't know. Um and and I probably I'm probably wrong, but I usually high on these guys in the rocket where where they can do stuff but but not Yeah, sure. Uh because they're proven somewhere on, on online, but he's approaching that time where you have to figure out if if it's Europe or bust or not or, or be an AHLer for life maybe. Yeah. Um, we yeah. we're approaching um we're coming into to these guys that um we don't really know much about, but Jacob Dobes, goaltender, uh, played in Laval Rocket um, as well, or, or will play no, for, he, for, for Rocket. Most no, likely. he's uh, he he was just he was just drafted, so we don't really know what he will do this year. But uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's an overager. He was uh, seven, uh, fifth round pick this year, I think. Um, so like, I mean, coming out of the USHL. Uh, Obviously, like he, he wasn't really ranked. It's difficult to know that much about him. Uh, he had an 891 save percentage for the Omaha Lancers. Played really well in 10 games for the Topeka Pilots in the NAHL uh, last season before he took the step over to USHL. And he will play another season with uh, Omaha um, if the season comes up. And then he will... Uh, take his talents to uh, oh, the Ohio State University in the NCAA. So it was basically like Trevor Timmons said, uh, they drafted a lot of guys who are eligible for the NCAA and will play there because they will have a longer time to develop and, and just look at them. And with Dobish, I mean, he's 6'4", 201 pounds. He's 19 years old, an overager. I mean, you never really know with goalies, right? So... At this point, if he played that well in, in Topeka, maybe there's something there. Um, but it's kind of like with Frédéric Dishov last year, um, also an unranked goalie coming from Europe, and you don't really know what to expect. But we just cross our fingers and hope that one of them turns out. Indeed. And uh, obviously playing in the NCAA helps. And, and you might, a little bit like we spoke about Shisamu Tijinov last year, you draft them also in order to protect them from other clubs if they break through. Uh, yeah. And you can, in some ways, never have too many goalies uh, on the roster or in the pipeline. So um, no. he's there to, to be there. Uh, we have uh, a Badger on the list. We have more than yeah. one Badger on the list, but this one is Jack Gorniak. Um, yeah, he, he played with the Badgers last season. Um, he he's He's there for being fast and skilled but it doesn't seem like he's more than fast at the moment yeah exactly i mean he hasn't had the turnout in the ncaa that that i think montreal wanted to see um like obviously he has very skilled line mates university of wisconsin is a is a blue blood program uh but he has kind of not benefited from that being put down in into a bottom six role and uh, he has 22 points in uh what is it 66 uh, 66 or 65 games 
Um, and that is obviously not good enough to prove that you can be an AHL impact in the future. So something will need to happen for him during his junior season if if the NCAA um, gets up and running. Because obviously, otherwise, it's, it's kind of difficult to see with these NCAA guys, if they don't dominate at that level, that they will uh be any impact in the uh, in the north american pro leagues he is 21 at this point so uh, he's approaching he's approaching that age where he should, really should take a step forward yeah and uh, we're going back to the goalies this one's close hits close to home for both of us in, in some ways uh Friedrich Tishov, yeah. the danish goalkeeper uh playing for malmo and uh, i've done a couple of interviews with him he's moving to sudbury wolves which I think is a really good move for him. Uh, there was talk yeah. about him joining the A team for Malmö last year, or when this season, uh, when last season finished, and, and in order to to do it this year. But he struggled a bit mentally um, running down the season. He didn't get maybe that chance that he had hoped for in the A team uh, to prove himself, and uh, the the junior teams left him alone quite a few times. I like him. He has shown flashes of brilliance. He's also uh, a reverse goalkeeper in the, in the fact that he he uh, has the, he, he grabs the pack with the right hand, and uh, um, it's it's interesting to have one of those in your organization as well to see how they develop. Um, I think that he has a chance to develop. I want to see him be. Better mentally, he lost his temper a few times when I saw him last year. He in, on on referees, uh, on uh, teammates. Uh, I think it's really good to 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 lose your temper because it shows that you're competitive. But you need to channel it the right way, and and I think that's where where I want him to be. I think he will be able to take that step in Sudbury. It will also be easier for him in that regard that he doesn't have to shoot for an A team position as he has to do with Malmö here he can develop at a slower pace and goalkeepers take a little bit longer uh, to develop in those uh, circumstances yeah it's actually fun because I, w- I was actually chatting with him the other day because um, Andrew wanted um, Andrew our colleague Andrew Sadarnovsky he wanted some I- intel on uh, on Dishop so uh, I thought I'd help him out with the language barrier and all um, so I was just uh, asking him uh, what his contract situation was with, because obviously he's back in Denmark right now and playing for Rumstel Sayer Capital, and uh, he's competing with the former SHL uh, star goalie Christopher Nilstorp, among others. And he has played three games uh, and done really well. Played uh, at a, he has a saving percentage of nine five seven uh, right now. So I just asked him like how how it felt compared to last year and everything. And he said that um, it felt so much better than last year. And he's really looking forward to go, going over to Sudbury as well. But at now, right now, just being in Denmark and learning from older goalies and um, like just playing in, in a pro league is, is just beneficial for him at this point, according to him. So, so it was nice to hear. And he, um, yeah, he will stay in, uh, for now, he will stay in Rumste until, uh, the new year and hopefully go over to, to the OHL after that. It will also give him the chance to come into the OHL with some game experience and, and in better shape and it should really benefit him long term uh, yep. to come in maybe with a bit of better confidence. Also, as you mentioned, Niels Torp is a great guy to learn from. Uh, so I think that, and I know 
uh, he was a little bit alone in, in Denmark as well. Uh, it was a little bit further than expected, I think, to go home to mom and get her cooking, uh, <laughs> which is always something we all cherish, uh, no matter yeah. the age. Um, at place 36, we have the warrior. We have Jacob Le Guerrier, uh, defenseman, yeah. and he's going to play in front of, of, of um, Dijon. No, Sue Greyhounds. He's, he's going to play uh, in the Toronto organization. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Jacob Le Guerrier. Uh, I mean, uh, basically, uh, it was it was not a draft choice that many were maybe so high on last year. Uh, he did have 31 points in 61 games as an assistant captain for Sue Greyhounds last year. And as we said, he will <laughs> he will he will face Dishov whenever the OHL uh, comes up and running. Uh, but. He's more of a stay-at-home defenseman, and he uh, he's big, 6'3", 198. So um, he's that kind. Of, I, I think that the reason they drafted him is the same reason why they signed guys like Joel Edmondson. They want that physical presence. They want a big, imposing defenseman. And he's not a bad skater as well. So maybe they see, like, obviously he won't put up the highest offensive numbers or anything, but if they can get that kind of... Now they got Caden Gooley, obviously, which is a much higher rate talent. But but it was kind of light, I think, uh, when they picked him. They wanted that uh, big defenseman after going for guys like um, Matthias Norlinder in the, with the choice just before, who's uh, a, a more skilled kind of defenseman, just to even things out and had, have a diverse prospect pool. Um Difficult to say if uh, Jacob Leverrier will be good enough in the future. It's obviously still, I mean, he's still only uh, 19 years old, turns 20 in a, if, in a few weeks. And obviously with the OHL uh, not being up and running yet, it's difficult to know whether he will be good enough this summer to uh, to um, gain a professional contract with, uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. Indeed, indeed. Um, and that is the last guy uh, on this um, episode. We will, however, because it's just been broken more or less, that uh, one of the other players on the list may be a little higher up than the next episode. Uh, Josh Brook will be loaned to the Krefeld uh, Penguin in the DEL, in, that's Germany, for the start of the 2021 20, uh, season. Um, any thoughts about that? Yeah, it's great for Josh to to get gain some playing time, and uh, hopefully they have done their due diligence so that they know what kind of player they are getting. But I mean, it's great. It's a good. All of these players who are um, well fringe or something that that we see good potential in, but but really needs to play as much as possible, like Josh Brook or like other players who have been loaned to Europe. Um, it's just a perfect solution right now with uh, with uh, no one really knowing when the AHL um, starts up again. Um, so, so yeah, great, great news and uh, great news for Josh. And hopefully he can learn some German over there as well. Uh, and then uh, I think uh, if I remember correctly, and, and I'm probably not, but you can correct me in the comment section. That's always, um, I, I always read it and I will graciously say I was wrong whenever that happens, which is quite often. Uh, but um, I'm, if I remember correctly, because I think I've seen them in CHL, uh, that's Champions Hockey League, uh, a few times. So I think they are one of the better teams in, in the DEL, even if they're not up there with 
Red Bull Munich and, and uh, Adler Mannheim just yet, but, but they're, they're getting there and, and he should play in a good team, in a good setting. Uh, the German league has come quite far away from what it was when 10 years, 15 years ago, where it was a lot of fighting and more like a BAHL rather than anything else. Uh, this is um, Anton Rasegård from Wales, Patrick Bexel from Sweden, and uh, we're logging off, and you'll be able to listen to us tomorrow again when we uh, rank the next, uh, what is it, 35 to, yeah, 30, to 31 in, in yeah. the 20, uh, top 25, under 25, brought to you by Half Size on the Price. It's maybe the best series of the year, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, and you, you can't vote now, but if you if you haven't voted, make sure to be part of the discussion. Bring your knowledge about these prospects in, because everyone, and I mean everyone, is keen to listen and keen to learn. <laughs>